Hello there. You're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Monday, the 6th of September. Today, I'm joined by Xenia Baranova, who is a Watson's Daily ambassador. Hi there, Xenia. How are you doing today? Very well, thank you. How are you, Peter? Very well, thank you. Um, all good uh, after a rather busy busy weekend. Um, so anyway, let's launch straight into this. What um, story stood out for you the most today in today's edition of Watson's Daily? So the story that I found most interesting is the UK Labour Crunch story. Yep. Um, so the CBI, which is the <laughs> Confederation of British Industry. Yep that um, the UK labour shortage could last for up to two years. Mm-hmm. And um, the CBI is Britain's largest business lobby group yep. that represents 190,000 businesses with over 7 million employees. Mm-hmm. And basically, they've called for ministers to change their position on visas yep. um, for foreign workers and to essentially stop waiting for shortages to solve themselves. Um, the position up to now has been that officials have told businesses that they should use British workers, mm-hmm. including those that are coming off a of furlough right now because mm-hmm. the furlough scheme is winding down this month, rather than yeah. waiting for immigration rules to change to allow EU workers to come into the UK on um, some type of a temporary visa to fill these mm-hmm. jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, because EU workers have filled these positions in the past. Yeah. Um, so to be honest with this story, I think I do partly agree with the CBI because mm-hmm. even though the furlough scheme is ending this month, um, I think people still need to be trained to do these jobs if they've been, for example, furloughed from a different industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that eventually ministers will succumb to pressure after... And if, I guess, the shortage doesn't resolve itself after the uh, fellow scheme ends. Right. Yeah, and I mean, I... T- yeah, sorry, carry on. Sorry, um, I was just going to say that the reason why I find this story so interesting is because um, the supply issues are basically not just affecting one industry, but they're affecting multiple. So that has been mm-hmm. construction and manufacturing, as well as retail and hospitality. And... Um, We've heard a lot of hospitality wages and truck driver wages going up due to demand and outweighing supply. But mm-hmm. I do think that if this shortage is mooted to last for up to two years um, and the hospitality industry has been really hit hard by COVID, uh, it isn't going to keep it isn't going to have enough money to keep increasing the workers wages, especially if there is another lockdown that is looming in the winter. Um, because of an emerging variant. Um, For example, another story in Watson's Daily um, is that Wagamama, who are already struggling to find chefs um, Mm. at at a fifth of its UK sites. And I think um, in terms of the retail industry, which is another industry that has been affected, um, just last week on a weekly Zoom call, you've asked us to talk about whether the UK would start to stockpile as the US have. And Mm. uh, in that call, I said, definitely not. (laughs) 
Mm. You mean stockpiling of like food items and things like that, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Like groceries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think now if people see this headline and they're going to Tesco um, and shop for their groceries, they might think, oh, actually, I want to get some more um, mm. more cans of beer or more um, more pasta or something like that. If yeah. the short term is going to last for up to two years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting, isn't it, this? I mean, I I wonder whether the CBI is kind of over-egging it in a way, in the sense that two years is a very long time, and I would argue that most um, jobs do not require that long um, in terms of training. I mean, I know maybe, say, uh, to become an HGV driver is clearly, that takes quite a long time. Um, But, you know, how long does it take to to train someone to say wait tables at um, Wagamama's for instance um, you know so I think it's good that they brought it up it, it keeps the pressure on um, the government um, in terms of what they how lo- how long they're going to try and stick it out until they relent on the um, temporary visa thing um, but I wonder I mean I've said this before I feel that the government is maybe trying to stick it out see how long they can last um make it painful and then um uh, yeah the more pain they can they can take um the less resistance they'll have um from brexiteers if they then go to temporary visas um so i think that that might happen um uh, but you know it, it could also be that they are specifically waiting for the end of furlough and to see whether that is as bad as expected or not because if it is if it proves to be bad then in a way they might string it out for longer because they'll say well look look there's loads of people available now um in the uk labor market whereas if it actually is you know you, we find that in fact a lot of people don't lose their jobs then the labour market will continue to be tight and therefore they will they will have to relent quicker on the visa front. But um, it's it's a very it's a difficult one. But I think ultimately the government is going to have to give in at some point. Uh, I mean, what do you think about that? Um, yeah, I definitely agree with that, to be honest, um, especially, you know, another industry that has been affected is also the construction industry. Mm. And they've had. I think recently had a really tough time um, because it's not just been the shortage. It's also been prices of construction materials that had been rising um, so much. For instance, um, the cost of aluminium, which is used a lot in construction building. Mm. It's all sort of gone up about um, 10%, hasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a lot, it's a lot. Um, so there you go. Um, basically, um, you need to, I suppose, the, the conclusion from that is, um, uh, you know, the government is more is likely hope. Well, we we think likely to give in um, sooner rather than later, but they may wait until the end of furlough before they actually press the button, I think. Um, so anyway, I um, thought I would uh, sort of talk about I, I was in two minds. So actually... I'm going to do something 
unbelievably shocking and talk about two stories right so um so one is um one is about beer and the other one's about beef right so um so with regard to beer there was a story about brewdog uh, announcing a tie up with japan's asahi um to boost sales uh, in japan um now brewdog is talking about doing um an ipo in london um and i guess this is quite an interesting um, turn of events it will help them obviously teaming up with asahi which is a lot bigger uh, will give them access to expertise generally um i think i mean it's supposed to try to um, increase sales in japan uh, six times over over the next five years uh, and it's going to be introducing uh, or you know market and distribute beers including punk ipa hazy jane and Elvis juice and Elvis juice just uh, just for interest out there is my favorite one out of all those um, very refreshing uh, sort of grapefruity sort of flavor almost yeah like I say quite quite refreshing but uh, it is very very strong just to warn any of the, any of those of you who are thinking of giving it a go but it is very strong anyway the I think it's interesting because for a number of reasons in the Japan market specifically um, I feel there is a huge amount of competition um, in in the market. Um, there are so many different types of beer in Japan um, because th- what they tend to do is they have seasonal launches of beers. So they have beers that are always last through thick and thin, you know, um, like, say, Asahi Super Dry, um, for instance, you know, the one with the, the silver label. Um, and then you've got uh, other beers which are seasonal. So you'll get the latest winter beer, the latest spring or the summer beer. And I'm just thinking, I remember when I first saw this, I was absolutely amazed. Um, you know, when I was studying Japan, I was absolutely amazed. And obviously, subsequent to that, when I've worked in Japan, like, you know, it's beer is beer. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you, I mean, maybe you could have got cold beer um you know a beer that's particularly tasty when cold um for the summer months or whatever but um apart from that it's beer is bit by the way actually i just thought of one um there was one a, a few years ago where it, they had the frozen head on the beer and you could put the oh, frozen okay. the head on the beer <laughs> so it's like i suppose it's like having a massive beer flavored ice cube uh, but anyway, that was it. Anyway. Um, so my point is, is that you know, are they just going to get lost in this in the sea of Japanese beer? Um, I mean, the other the other point to make out of that is that generally speaking, when you are trying to break the Japanese market, it is advisable to go in with a local company um, because the market is a bit different. Um, so I just think that uh, it's a good move. But it doesn't always work. And the reason why I say that is um, many years ago uh, when I was working in, in Tokyo's broker, um, I worked alongside, I worked with investors. So between investors and Boots, uh, when Boots decided to go to Tokyo and I decided to, you know, I, I helped the, so get the investors to try to buy 
um, shares in Boots. Uh, and we did various events and stuff between, uh, you know, for them. And I just remember thinking, so Boots at the point, at that point, I think had tied up with Mitsubishi Corp, which is a very big uh, company. And, uh, you know, they actually tried to put Boots a bit up, up market. And I remember them putting, um, uh, you know, a site in Harajuku, which is the kind of trendy young people kind of place. And then uh, the site uh, that I most remember, which was in Ginza, which is the kind of quite upmarket, um, expensive shops kind of area. Um, and I remember seeing a, a stark contrast between there's Boots, which was, uh, you yeah, know, there was Boots there. And then right next door to it was its number one competitor, um, which is called uh, Matsumoto Kiyoshi, which is, I know, is a bit of a mouthful for most people, but it's like a, it was a pile em high, sell it cheap sort of drugstore. And I, and I remember standing outside the, these stores and just looking at what was happening. And a lot, you saw a lot of people going into Matsumoto Kiyoshi and coming out with loads of stuff. And not so many people going into boots and then coming out with nothing, right? So, um, unfortunately, that didn't work. And that was the end of Boots's uh, sort of uh, foray into Japan um, as, as yet another failed uh, retail enterprise trying to get part of the Japanese um, uh, market. But I just want to so say my point is there is that although it sounds good with Brewdog, um, it's not necessarily going to win. So, you know, it's worth, um, uh, worth you know, keeping up with that. Um, the other point I wanted to make, actually, with that particular story is that um, I said in Watson's Daily that I wondered how Japanese tastes were going to cope with um, the likes of uh, punk IPA, etc. Because generally speaking, and this sounds a bit weird, but I am half Japanese. I've worked there. I've studied there. And... Um, Generally speaking, Japanese aren't brilliant at taking um, copious amounts of beer. Um, and and I've, I've been told by Japanese themselves, this is something to do with an enzyme that they lack. And what has happened is uh, it explains a lot because I've been out with a lot of Japanese who will turn fire engine red. I kid you not. Fire <laughs> engine red on one beer and they are all over the place. So, um, so it's kind of a bit of a shocker, especially if you're not expecting it and you go out and they say, yeah, let's go out, let's have a few bits and you go out and then they think, my God, everyone's changing color. I mean, it's just unbelievable. You know, bloodshot eyes, red face. I mean, it's, you know, after one beer, it's amazing. Um, so yeah, God knows how they'll, they'll cope with Elvis juice, but, uh, we'll see what happens of course. Uh, and I hope that they do well. Um, because you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Brewdog. I, I mean, I don't know about their HR practices um, that we've here been hearing about, but you know, uh, in terms of the actual product, it's very good. Uh, do you have any thoughts on beer? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that um, when we discussed this on the Zoom call prior to this, yeah. um, you were talking about the fact that um, Japanese really like uh, whiskey. And I think yeah, yeah. if they market themselves well enough to um, to to say that it's a Scottish beer, um, mm. they will be quite successful. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's definitely. I I'd see if I was doing the marketing, that is the angle that I would that I would uh, try to jump on. Um, is to is to you know sort of big up the Scottishness of it all. So, <laughs> um, so from from so. 
from beer, I just I know the uh, absolutely unprecedented to talk about more than one story for me, but I had to mention this because um, it's uh, the story about um, Brazil suspending beef exports to China. Right. This is because two cases of mad cow disease were discovered over the weekend. Now, the Brazilians are saying this is atypical case. These are atypical cases. It's not a problem, etc. Now, hopefully they're right and it's okay. However, um, Brazil is the world's biggest beef exporter and uh, China is its biggest market, its biggest export market. Now, if this is a one-off, then okay. But if this is not a one-off, do we have another massive animal cull uh, coming up? Because um, we saw what happened with the swine fever in China, which I mentioned last week. Um, and I know that a lot of people listening to this call may well be a bit too young to remember the effect of mad cow disease in the UK on the on the beef industry in the UK. But the effects went on for years because the perception once you have this, the perception of your product it just suffers people you know rather than before they might have been thinking angus steak you know whatever that's all good um but then you have mad cow disease and it goes around the world everyone knows about it and then um so when people talk about british beef they go well don't know mad cow disease is it okay you know they start having doubts um Mm. so it's really um it's very difficult so if this is a big becomes a problem this will become a massive problem and it will last for ages, I think. So here's hoping that it's OK. I mean, the the uh, from from everyone's point of view. Um, but I do think that if it is serious, um, this is going to be a, a, a big difficulty for uh, President Bolsonaro, who is looking for re-election. So he's the president looking for re-election next year. But it could be. It could potentially be huge, so that's why I thought I'd mention it in in uh, you know in our chat today. So um, do you? So yeah. So I mean, I I think that that's worth. It. There are actually some other very big subjects mentioned in today's um, Watson's Daily. So um, if you um, do subscribe, I mean, definitely take a look. Uh, if you don't subscribe, why not? Why not? It's such a great. <laughs> it's such a great uh, thing to read. Um, but you know that seriously though it is there are some actually there's some very big subjects uh, talked talked about today so um we could have could have been on this podcast for quite some time um but uh, but anyway i will leave it there um so i think we've got to the end um of of uh, of, of of our time today um but just like to say um thank you very much uh, Zenia, um for uh, your your thoughts today nice. uh and um and i'd also as always like to thank the listeners for listening um i hope you've got some value from this um and just as a last thing to say i'm hoping i'm hoping to get all these um upgrades and stuff out this week but it all depends on the developers and the chats i have with the developers um but anyway hopefully we'll see and i'll keep you posted but anyway thank you very much indeed have a great day and we'll be back again tomorrow many thanks bye bye